Welcome back to The Missing Report. I'm Tim here today with Lance. How are you, Lance? I'm just giving a big round of applause. I'm fantastic, by the way. I am just thrilled today because we finally have a title. I know, right? It's taken several iterations of this. We've asked you for your suggestions on titling and we got some great ones. Ultimately, we we ended up just going with our own. <laughs> so, but thank you for the suggestions. We do appreciate it. We did read them all and consider them all, but the one that just felt right was the report. It's the missing report. The missing report. That felt right and Really, we couldn't have gotten to this destination without people contributing, and we started Googling words that were similar to some of the suggestions that we received, and that led us to words like bulletin, bulletin board, <laughs> report, and then it just kind of fit. So I think we're going to do this uh, unless unless someone out there is like, I got it. I got the best one. I'll, I'll say this is our permanent placeholder until <laughs> if there's something better but missing That's report fair. welcome to the missing report <laughs> yes and if you love what we do here at missing and you want to hear it completely ad free we've got a solution for you it's called missing premium you can go check out missing.supportingcast.fm and you can even use promo code missing and you'll get a free month on Missing Premium, you get every single episode ad-free, but you also get a weekly bonus show that we do. What is this weekly bonus show? It's called Hidden Opinions. Maybe the best title would be Revealed Opinions because we reveal our opinions here on this uh, bonus show. But uh, it is a great bonus show, and we speak about the cases that we cover. We sometimes get a little bit more animated or, I don't know, emotional than we do on the public feed. Because on the public feed, we're talking about these cases and we are working within the parameters, the limitations of putting information out to the public. We don't want to give our opinions uh, so, I don't know, uh, fluidly, so so easily. We don't want to theorize about someone's disappearance. So this is sort of like you're gathered around in the living room while we're just kind of shooting the S about things and saying, what if, what if, and oh, Look at this person. How is this person not investigated more? It's not anything we actually want out there for the public to consume and say, well, they're saying it like this. It's more like, again, our hidden opinions. And we may criticize uh, law enforcement a little bit stronger than we will on the public feed. We might criticize you a little <laughs> bit. Just kidding. We also might have some uh, AMAs coming up, too. Some Ask Us Anythings. That's right, we do. So sign up today at missing.supportingcast.fm and get in on that action. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. All right, Lance, the first thing we want to talk about here on The Missing Report this week is one of our most recent episodes. It was about the disappearance of Jessica Stacks from New Albany, Mississippi on New Year's Day 2021, a heartbreaking case that we've covered now in two different episodes. We definitely implore you to check those episodes out. And we recently spoke with Jessica's mom, Kathy, in a very emotional conversation. It was probably one of the toughest conversations that we've had in recent memory. We had a couple of them that week, and we've talked about this before. We had a couple of them within the course of a few days. And to see people who are looking for their son or their daughter, and they have the idea of what happened to them percolating, and it's almost reached that point where they are coming to terms with the fate of their child. And it's really important, but tough to listen to. But you really have to see this. You have to understand the range of emotions somebody goes through. And we hardly ever explore it at this particular section of this range, where I think Kathy is right there about to come to terms with Jessica possibly being deceased and knowing who did it and knowing that there's very little that she can do to bring any justice. I don't know how long that period of time lasts with somebody. It probably varies from person to person, but I think her doing the interview, putting her voice out there, putting her emotion out there, the grief and anger, I think that helps her. And I also think that if you were to watch this on YouTube or wherever you listen or watch it, leave comments that are supportive. We know that her friends, we know she probably checks them. We know her friends do, family members do of not only, you know, Jessica and Kathy, but other missing persons as well that we cover. Leave supportive comments. Let them know that they're not alone in this. I think that's really important, especially for people at this stage in that spectrum of grief and emotion and anger. And there are some real supportive comments on YouTube, which we do appreciate. And Jennifer here on YouTube says, thanks for airing her story and getting her side of the story out there. That is truly sad that UCSD is not helping resolve this murder. And Kathy, Jessica's mom, uh, actually comments on this video. She says, thank you so much for airing this. So there you go. You know that she does listen and she does watch. So she will be reading comments. Yeah, and she was the first comment, I believe, uh, on this video. And uh, so there's some other some other comments here. One one is really great. One from Nina says, just finished listening to the Hidden Opinions episode on Jessica's story, and my heart goes out to Kathy. It's horrendous to hear the roadblocks that she has faced in fighting for the truth, and that's why I respect you guys so much. You're not in it for the true crime clout. You just want to help people, and that was most evident in this latest episode. And she says, thank you for the shout out to Tasmania in the previous ep. That's right. (laughs) Nina is our friend from Tasmania. Thank you, Nina. Boy, if we could ever do a live show in Tasmania, sign me up. (laughs) But again, we do appreciate 
comments like that, compliments like that. We also appreciate the criticism as well, but we don't need it as much as the individual who we're speaking with needs to read that as well. So thank you for the compliment and, you know, identifying where we're coming from and keep listening. Keep, com- keep commenting. Yep. And Justina says, this breaks my heart. And then we get some weird comments here. Here's one from Billy boy. He says, it'd be best if she let this go. And there's a lot of replies on this one. Um, kind of a difficult comment to decipher, uh, where Billy boy is coming from. Miss Shan 63 says that almost sounds like a threat. It is kind of a weird comment. Like we, what do you expect Kathy to just let this go? Like what? I don't know. I do not understand that commenter's point. I don't either. And it's even something that I wouldn't expect to see if the particular disappearance was a decade old or 15 years old. I mean, we're talking about something that is super fresh. I mean, this happened in 2021. And you're expecting the mom in her situation to just let it go. It'd be best to just let it go. Uh, either this is somebody who is completely detached from the reality of trauma or someone just kind of fucking around and sprinkling negative comments on random videos. Right. Yeah. Some of the replies to that are, uh, really, would you let this go if this were your daughter? That's from Judy. Barbara says, why should we? I will never let it go. We will get justice for Jessica Stacks. And Barbara goes on and says this, I think is saying that this commenter is one of the four people that are involved in Jessica's disappearance, which, you know, we don't know to be fact, but definitely an interesting uh, section of the comments. But you can expect these comments to be forwarded to the proper law enforcement if people haven't done that already. And then we recently spoke with another mom of a missing person. Her name is Manya. And her missing son is named Damon Mitchell. And he went missing from Escondido, California. He was last seen in Escondido on March 18th, 2021. And it is possible that he made his way to Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, this is part of Munya's story of trying to find answers for Damon. It is a, a very tough case. And again, when I mentioned before that we had spoken to a couple of individuals over the course of a few days who were in similar positions, Munya was the other individual that I was referencing. Yeah, she's trying to figure out what's going on. She's trying to figure out where her son is and what she should be doing. And you see that it's like right at that same time period within a few months as Kathy Stack. So it's the early part of 2021, and now we're in almost fall of 2022. So they're, they've gone through like a year and a half or so of grief, again, trauma, anger, confusion, and we just happened to catch her right at this moment. And again, really tough conversation to listen to, but it's important. And if you want to comment on this, make sure you do it with some support. Absolutely. And there's not too many comments on this video on YouTube, but Munya, Damon's mom, chimes in and says, thank you so much for allowing me to share this horrific tragedy of my experience, my strength, and my hope that I will see my son again soon. Thank you for caring. 
And Christy goes on, says, bless her heart. I hate this for her and for Damon. I just can't even imagine the suffering and trauma that she's dealing with. I hope the story travels far and wide, and I pray she gets an answer. And thank you, Christy. We agree. And, you know, this is why we do it. And this is why we're repetitive about some of these cases um, like like Jessica's and Demond's. We want to go over them. We want to make sure that people have heard them and have the opportunity to understand the case and what's frustrating about it. And please share. We always would love some shares. And you mentioned being repetitive about it. I have one more thing to be repetitive about in uh, Damon's case, and that is if anyone has any information or any sort of advice on how to pursue searching for a missing individual over international borders like Mexico, please reach out to us, leave a comment. There's many ways to get in touch with us because that's where Manya is right now. She's trying to figure out the best way to enter into those particular territories that aren't very friendly and very and are very dangerous. Right. And I believe you can contact Manya directly. Her email is in the show notes of our episode on Damon. Actually, her phone number is um, not even her email. So you can call her. Please be very cautious. She has gotten a lot of scam attempts, and I did hesitate to put her number in there because of that, but she did ask us specifically to do that. So she has dealt with a lot of scam attempts, has not given any money, luckily, um, but it, man, she's been pummeled with these scam attempts. And that is such an unfortunate byproduct and side story to the episode. How many times and the method in which people will try to extort a tiny amount of money from her pretending to be her son. Really gross. Yeah. And Lance, some news broke over the weekend about a discovery that was made by the nonprofit Adventures with Purpose. And I feel like they're in the news every week or every other week because they are a volunteer dive team. They will go into bodies of water and try to recover missing people who they suspect are there and with their cars. And that's what they specifically look for. And there was a case recently out of Truckee, California. It is the case of Kylie Rodney, who went missing after a party at a campground. And her family had done a really great job of getting media and press about her disappearance pretty much immediately. Like I want to say one of the first days after a lot of uh, our fellow podcasts were contacted by her family and were given missing flyers to share. And I feel like I, I saw this missing flyer everywhere. And this had shades of the Gabby Petito case uh, because of how quickly her family kind of sprang into action. Um, but unfortunately, Kylie was missing with her car and Adventures with Purpose did locate her over the weekend in her SUV, in a body of water. Kylie is deceased. And uh, it was confirmed that it, that it was her car in this body of water in California. And uh, so this is a, a tragic end to this to this story, the disappearance of Kylie Rodney. And as far as we know, there isn't any foul play involved. I'm sure there's an investigation that's going on, obviously, in the background. That body of water, hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Proser Creek Reservoir in Truckee. So if this was an accidental death, it's reassuring to know that companies like the nonprofit Adventures with Purpose can spring into action the way the family, like you said, sprung into action to get the publicity out there. They respond 
Adventures with Purpose takes over independently on their own and and they locate the car pretty quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Um, Kylie had been missing for, I want to say, a couple of weeks. And uh, I I don't understand how a volunteer unit um, was able to solve the case when police were not. I know uh, that police were were looking at sex offenders in the area. Um, I don't know how well they had searched these bodies of water, um, but I do feel like that is a very common outcome in cases where people go missing with their car. It was incredibly fast. When Adventures with Purpose arrived, just hours later, the press and law enforcement, like the activity had centralized to a particular location there, so I don't know, to your question, what, where or what or how this area was searched previously, but it was a matter of hours on Sunday when Adventures with Purpose went in and pulled that out. Yeah, I wonder if it's more of a problem of equipment um, in law enforcement. As we were talking before we started rolling, I think um, oftentimes you'll find the private sector is chronologically ahead of the government on a lot of things. And uh, I think this is one of these cases where Adventures with Purpose has has something really figured out with their equipment and with their sonar, and they know what they're looking for and where to look, and they are able to complete a lot of their missions. And uh, I just feel like there's got to be some some better crossover there because really shouldn't be a volunteer unit doing this every time. You're right. And her car was located 14 feet down. So I don't know how advanced your equipment has to be beyond a diver with a, a you know a waterproofed camera but 14 feet down I guess is deep maybe for that particular section of water but again I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what law enforcement didn't have or what the you know miscommunication was or misinformation that they might have had that did not put them at that area which ended up putting Adventures with a Purpose there. And so good on Adventures with Purpose. They've uh, made another discovery, and our hearts go out to Kylie and her family and friends. Very tragic loss of life. But Adventures with Purpose isn't the only game in town, Tim. That's right. There is another dive team called Chaos Divers, and they're a private dive team from Illinois, and they are working on a different disappearance case. It is a cold case. It's the disappearance of Harry Milligan, and he has not been seen since July 1st, 1984. He's been missing from Albia, Iowa. So this is, like you said, a very old case, and the reason why we wanted to bring it up briefly here is because Adventures with Purpose is a fantastic organization, but there is this other company, Chaos Divers, and if anybody wants more information on them, they are at chaosdivers.com, and you can check out all the work that they do. Also, excellent organization. They do great work. They do, and they have a great YouTube page as well. You can find them at Chaos Divers on YouTube, and they solve cases as well. Um, They're not quite as high profile as Adventures with Purpose, but maybe they will be soon. Um, They're they're sort of focused more on cold cases, it appears, uh, like like Harry Milligan's case. So hopefully there is an update in Harry's case soon. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. 
And Lance, there's a case out of the UK that was a very big story over there. And it really, it still is as of today when we record this on August 24th, 2022. Um, The disappearance of Owami Davies just got resolved yesterday. And there was a, a great result. She was actually found alive. She's okay. Um, but she had been missing since July 4th. And sort of the, the timeline in this case is very interesting. And I think it highlights some differences in the justice system between what happens here in America and what happens in the UK. Yeah. And when we were talking about putting this episode together, I was really nervous about going down this road because we had talked about it off air and we started in and and we were like, well, let's save it for the episode because there's a lot to explore with this. It takes place in the UK and we know how elements of investigations play out here in the States just from our experience doing these podcasts. And it seems to be very different in the UK when someone is missing like Owami and law enforcement seemed to do everything they could to get ahead of it, to bring a conclusion as fast as they could. And that's not really the case here. So when we were talking about it off air, we're going off of the media coverage, articles, things that are out there for the public to get the information. I would really love to talk to someone like James McMahon or our friend Danny Robbins or Andrew Gold, anyone who we know that covers true crime or true crime adjacent stories in the UK to find out what the process is for law enforcement when someone is reported missing because they had individuals arrested for this for suspicion. Right. Yeah, that has to be um, the most glaring difference, I would say, between the way investigations into missing people are handled in the UK versus here in America. It's hard to imagine uh, someone or <laughs> five people getting arrested on suspicion of murder and suspicion of kidnapping um, when there is no murder. Uh, there's, there's, by all accounts at this point, no kidnapping. Now, I feel like there's got to be more to this story because Awami had been missing for seven weeks and like I said, this, this story was very big. It was covered widely in the press, especially in the UK. So it seems very clear that Awami would have known about her own missing poster being out there. And that's how the tip came in that alerted authorities that Awami was okay. It came in because of all the, the media about her disappearance. And there was some video of her that, uh, where she was seen in a dark jacket And she looked a little distraught on the street. And it doesn't look like the photos of her um, where she's like in her nurse scrubs because this is a 24-year-old nursing student, uh, Lance. And she looks very happy and uh, like scholarly in some of those pictures. But then when you see the pictures from her on the street, she does not look that way. She looks beaten down and, well, I guess... I'll just rely on what the British Transit Police said. They said that she could still be traveling by train around London, appearing dazed and confused. And they said that on Thursday, August 18th. And then she was found only a few days later 
completely safe, apparently. Well, that's a great resolution and super relieved to hear that she was found safe. And other than what we can just get from the press that's coming from the UK, we can make some educated guesses on whether or not she had a mental break or or whatever, or if somebody was abusing her in any way, which caused her to flee. Like there's a number of scenarios, but thank goodness she was found safe. Again, getting back to what's so impressive is the law enforcement's reaction, the media's reaction, their coverage. And one word that we used off air that we'll use now is the collateral damage. I feel like here in the States, when there's an investigation happening, we have to be very aware of everyone's rights and freedoms and not violating them, thereby not jeopardizing any investigation. I don't know. I would love to hear for sure whether that is not the case in the UK because they arrested five individuals on suspicion. And that, I feel like here, would be violating people's rights that would jeopardize continuing that investigation. And the collateral damage over there is just maybe a little bit of egg on the face where people will say, Maybe you're a little too quick to arrest five people, but the police can always come back and say, well, yeah, that's our job. So yeah. we arrested them. Obviously, they were connected somehow to her disappearance because they were being investigated and they were suspected of something. So that must have been the case in order to arrest them. But if she's found safe, these people are released. I guess what's the repercussions I think the law enforcement over there spent a lot of resources in trying to find Owami. Um, so I would say the negative repercussions here are on the man hours spent by law enforcement. And it's kind of, um, and, and obviously the, so these five people who were arrested on August 2nd, there were two men aged 23 and 27 were arrested in Croydon on suspicion of murder. And then the police even set up a forensics tent uh, on a property on Derby Road. And so, so they, you know, I guess this is better than not jumping to uh, a conclusion or just jumping to investigating. You know what I mean? This is better than not jumping, you know, towards things, waiting for evidence of a crime, I would say, in some ways. Another way that I think this is different than the U.S. is that these people who were arrested were not named. Um, I think that usually happens pretty much as soon as someone's arrested. They're, you know, it's in the police beat out here in a local paper or something if you're arrested and charged with something. Um, all these people made bail. Uh, I would imagine that the charges are going to be dropped now unless it turns out Awami was kidnapped for a period of time and is not now and was released or something. But I would imagine all these people are going to go free without any actual charges yeah we'll see how it plays out we'll definitely be following it and i don't want to get too like and I, this isn't even political but when we encounter a situation where someone becomes missing and we're talking to law enforcement years later we typically hear hey someone goes missing two days later we have a hundred more missing people that have come come to our desk. Maybe it just speaks to like the level of violence that's here and the level of violence that's in the UK. 
they have more resources, less violence, better relationships with the media. So maybe the media covers it. The police do things that are done because the media is covering it in a certain way, meaning they're putting out missing flyers. They're putting out responsible interviews with law enforcement. So they're working hand in hand in this. And that is engaging the public plus making their job easier to uh, interview these individuals, make the determination that we can arrest them on suspicion. Right. 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 And they probably tried to, I guess, uh, use information against these five individuals to try to get some kind of confession. It's it's this is a, like a crazy case in that back on August 3rd, you know, police were releasing um, video surveillance of a white van that uh, Awami may have been in and they were and they had just arrested a third man on suspicion of murder. By all accounts, this was playing out like a lot of the missing persons cases that we cover and it just ends up, she's never found and there's people suspected for years. Um, but this one takes the most amazing and, and really just a fantastic twist, um, in that she was found safe and is just, is fine apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes to a lot of different points here. You have, you have person a who's missing and you know as law enforcement that there's someone who's suspicious of that, there's no way in, in the United States that you as a police officer will arrest that person because you suspect them. No, right. you, you will jeopardize everything if you're wrong. Right. They get a good lawyer, they're out, they sue you. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. There's a recent case out of South Carolina that was resolved also uh, just recently, Lance, last week. And this is a miss- about a missing person named Megan Rich, who went missing from James Island in Charleston, South Carolina. And she had been missing about a week, and the father of their child was arrested on obstruction charges. So this is one of the differences here. This was made very public. He was arrested. Um, It was in connection to her disappearance, but he was given bail. He made his $100,000 bond, was given an ankle bracelet, and ordered not to leave the state. Now, a day or so later... They, the police actually located Megan Rich. Um, she was deceased, um, murdered in the marshlands down there around James Island. And by the time they went back to arrest Baker, he had killed himself. So the suspect in this case um, would have been charged with something more than obstruction. But unfortunately, he was free at the time he uh, committed suicide. I mean, this is just incredibly frustrating to see something like this come to such a tragic full circle. And hopefully this isn't the case with Libby Lewis and her boyfriend, Matthew Egger, who I guess, I don't know, I I think he's still on the lam. He has skipped out on the remaining dates of his trial because he was able to make bail and was on the street and was able to just walk away. Sounds like this person, a hundred thousand dollars he was able to come up with. 
and that just opens the door for him. I know he had an ankle bracelet and everything, but man, that is a frustrating turn of events. Yeah, it really is. And um, I read the affidavit that was um, put on the Post and Courier's website, and it seemed like there was some real damning evidence um, against Brian Curtis Baker, including blood found in his apartment, including blood found on his boat. Um, he had lied about his flooring when that had started. He had lied about an account, uh, that he said about his neighbor. He actually told his neighbor on the phone, I'm effed. Yeah. I mean, this was like a pretty clear case. Now, if you compare Megan Rich's case to Awami Davis's case really quickly, like I, I don't, I don't, it's very strange to think that Brian Baker, uh, was was out and free at the time. I mean, I guess technically not free because he's got an ankle bracelet, but he's free to do whatever he wants to do to himself. Well, it's that. It's also Matthew Wager is an even more glaring example of it. He literally said that he killed her. The body's right, right there. Yeah, he's a convicted murderer, right? He, he was convicted. Yeah. And, and you just let him walk out of the courtroom. Compare that to the Awami Davies situation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I... In some ways, I, I feel like uh, the UK's uh, order of events is, is better than here in the States um, because these two cases that we're talking about, Megan Rich and Livy Lewis, complete miscarriages of justice. Um, and again, at least the UK police were taking this so seriously, they set up a forensic tent uh, for a murder that never even happened. Um, and And then here on August 20th, in regards to Owami Davis Davis's case, it says the police watchdog, the Independent Office for Police Conduct, announces it is considering an investigation into Scotland Yard over her disappearance. So there were five arrests. There was a forensic uh, tent set up. They the police were looking into themselves over this case, and Davies is fine. An internal investigation that involves Scotland Yard. Yeah. That is bonkers. It is bonkers. Yeah, it's almost it's it's better to be cautious. I think is one is one lesson I think that we've learned here in this episode of the missing report. You know, I I would much rather that situation jump into action, spring into action, get media coverage, get it all going, because you never know which case is gonna be resolved like Awami's resolved unfortunately like Kylie's or you know never resolved like so many of the missing people cases that we cover yeah 100% i credit the wigs the powdered wigs they still wear <laughs> in the in the british courts that's that is that is what i'm crediting it to i'm not joking you keep tradition like don't that don't make me go get mine i will <laughs> well i was kind of hoping you would <laughs> if this was crawl space true true uh, maybe yeah maybe maybe my crawl space attitude is seeping into this episode <laughs> of missing reports but hey maybe i could have a missing reports attitude <laughs> right well uh one other uh point about megan rich's case that i thought was interesting to mention here and i want to give a shout out to a youtuber named frantic missy who wrote a comment on our it was a, a tiktok that we uploaded to youtube about megan rich's case and she said they found her she said he's dead too um, and so th this actually happened on Friday. This was before the national news media broke this story. Frantic Missy came to our comments section and said they found her. The boyfriend who was a suspect just killed himself. And we are waiting on official confirmation. And she thanked us for covering the story. 
and then she asked us to do an update on it. So that th this is that update, I would say. Um, but just an interesting moment, I guess, l led to that, right? I mean, this was a story that we had heard and, and we had the really technically the ability to break the news in this case, um, which, which we didn't uh, take at that point. You know, we wanted to see some news, some national news cover it first. You know, maybe in the future we'll we'll go ahead and and contact um, a commenter like Frantic Missy if something like that comes to us before we've seen it on the national news. But I feel like this is also a good transition to discussing our upcoming episode, which is with a professor and dean from Texas Tech University. His name is David Perlmutter, and we speak a lot about ethics in missing persons coverage. It is a tricky situation because, A, we don't know who Frantic Missy is. We don't know where she got her information or he got that particular information. So to to have that as a comment, it seems well-written and mature enough. But you never want to put something out there, and this is a good glimpse into the conversation that we had with Dr. Perlmutter that information is coming at you so fast and so relentlessly that if you put a bad story out there or if you have a bad scoop, it will probably be buried in a day. Mm -hmm. But it's still living out there somewhere. So that that is where we're at right now. It is really tempting to look at something and say, man, that's a, that's a scoop. That's, that's what, you know, that's going to be a breaking story, but it takes some legwork, even yeah. though the information is coming at you pretty fast and relentlessly, you still need to put that legwork in to confirm it a hundred percent. And I got to hand it to frantic Missy for saying unconfirmed or we're confirming it. Right. That's what's standing out to me in that comment. We're confirming it, not this is definite. Now, had we confirmed that Frantic Missy was a family member of Megan Rich, I think that would have been completely ethical to have run that story or at least run a report that a family member has said this. Um, and obviously it, it was true. It came, it came true. Like, so that information that she heard was accurate, but yeah, I mean, it's not really, it's not really something that we like to make a habit of doing because there's so many ways to mess that up. Um, but again, the, it's interesting. I just think it's interesting that on the week that we spoke to, uh, Dr. Perlmutter that, uh, we had the opportunity to, uh, break such a, um, sort of, sort of big news, national news, I would say. And it is interesting timing. It's like the podcast gods were shining upon us. <laughs> yes, and uh, Dr. Uh, David Perlmutter is a professor and dean of College of Media and Communication down there at Texas Tech. So uh, definitely want you to check out our episode with him coming out this Thursday, September 1st. It uh, is a great conversation, and we, we have a lot of these moments where, you know, they're not, they're not like uh, harsh disagreements, but it's like, conversations conversations about what is right you know and i think it's interesting to me that everyone's always got ideas different ideas about what's right or how to cover these things and it's great to have somebody who's an educator speaking about this 
who's done their due diligence as far as the information that they are giving to their students. So coming from someone like him, it feels good to have these moments where we say, hey, this is this is an approach that we've heard of, or this is our approach, or this is a way that we like to cover something. And he'll push back a little bit and he'll say, I, I disagree. And he'll back that up. And then we see where he's coming from. Always room to learn. Right. Well, I feel like going into this episode, knowing that it was called The Missing Report, I had a mindset of like, we're going to report this. I feel like I feel like having the right title put me in the right mindset. <laughs> Good. Yes, I think the title is is finally right. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this week's Missing Report. We will be back next week with another one. And again, don't miss Dr. David Perlmutter and what he has to say in our episode that comes out on September 1st. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm issuing one more charge to the listeners. We need a tagline for the end of the missing report. So that can be the next challenge, a tagline like, and that's the report or something like that. Good night <laughs> and good luck. There's your, there's your next challenge. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Follow us on social media at Missing CSM. We're on TikTok and doing some really cool stuff over there. So follow us on TikTok as well. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>